0: Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast, (laughs) an in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts... Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, your host. I'm excited to welcome a new guest. You may have read her articles on Slash Film or StarWars.com. How are you doing tonight, Shayna?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm excited to get into the original trilogy and talk about the themes. I consider myself an original trilogy fan. I grew up watching Star Wars back in the 80s a ton. Saw all of them in the theaters and watched them a lot on home video. So I'm kind of excited to start talking about them a little bit more. When did you first see uh, A New Hope?
1: Uh, 1977.
0: <laughs> That's kind of convenient. <laughs> so were you a fan right away?
1: Um, yeah, I was sucked in from the second, really, like from the beginning. Um, and was a fan really i mean throughout my childhood and and you know so it's one of those where my fandom kind of was always there on a low grade level Mm -hmm. and then i will admit after i saw the phantom menace things sort of got a little dormant for me yeah um i did see the other movies but the, the prequel trilogy didn't it didn't really um it didn't really click with me. Mm-hmm. And so I think things went dormant for a while. It was something where I was a fan and I, you know, I I'd, I'd watch the movies, but I didn't I never got into like the books or that kind of thing because it was just I think it was around I wasn't really aware of a lot of that stuff that was going on or by the time I did become aware of it, it just wasn't something I was interested in because mm-hmm. I was a more casual fan at that point. Sure. Um and then uh and then when Rebels came out, I was I was immediately sucked back in. And, and from there, I've gone heart.
0: <laughs> it's great how different things can suck you back in and just reignite the fire. Did you have a favorite character in the original trilogy that you really connected with?
1: For me, the, the, the character I connected with early on was Han Solo. Because I just thought Han Solo was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I had a crush on him very early in life. Um, and then I think just, I think more recently, I think I connect to Ray. Yeah. uh, Because I just really like Ray. I think Ray's great. Um, but you know, generally I tend to lean more toward the, um, toward the snarky characters. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, uh, I love Poe Dameron. Um, but always, I mean, Leia has always been a touchstone because she just was she was my first real introduction to to a a, a female character in a, a sci-fi setting for sure that I saw and I said, oh, she's you know, she's important mm-hmm. And so that definitely connected with me.
0: She had really huge f- shoes to kind of to Phil being, like, one of the only female characters in Star Wars with mm-hmm. um, such a, like, rep- for representation, she had to represent a whole lot of people and a, a lot of what women are, you know? So I yeah. guess she had a lot of responsibilities, is what I'm trying to say. I would say. Cool. Well, let's start talking about the themes of A New Hope. It kicks off with one of the grandest opening scenes ever especially back in 1977 Mm -hmm. um with the star destroyer coming overhead where you're sucked in into instant action how did you feel about the empire coming into the crawl in that opening scene
1: the crawl told me they were the bad guys so they were the bad guys
0: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely that was it
1: (laughs) i mean it's it's like it's hard to explain but when i when i watch any star wars movie but especially when i watched uh you know, star Wars the, it was that, okay, I'm just going to take what, like I've always had an ability to just take whatever information is there. And as a narrative and just kind of say, okay, like that's what that is. You know? So if you told me if the, if the, if the empire is evil, you know, the empire is bad. I'm okay. Empire bad. (laughs) Rebel's good. You know? And that was it. So the empire, absolutely from the opening crawl.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it's, like, Vader definitely makes a gigantic impression Yeah, coming in all black in this total white environment, where he stands out like a sore thumb, you know?
1: Well, Vader comes in, and the next thing you know, they're all shooting at everybody, and, and he's choking a dude. I yeah. mean, th- th- he chokes a dude to death. I was like, okay, bad guy,
0: you know? kills the dude. He's
1: a simple kid, let's be honest, you know? Yeah. Bad guy, that was it.
0: Cool. The Empire kind of continues to oppress the citizens in the Empire that they have rule over. When Grand Marf Tarkin is having his council, he says... The Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. I have just received word that the Emperor has dissolved the council permanently. The last remnants of the Old Republic have been swept away. So that basically is saying that the Emperor has taken away the voice of the people... Um, in how they rule and making it a total um like dictatorship do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I think that that would have a major impact in being a a person in, in the empire I would not like it if I had no voice in how things go especially being someone that grew up in america i i like to have a voice i i assume that you do too
1: well yeah but i think also when you look at it from the point of view that you know if these are the bad guys that what they're doing is oppressing people and you just sort of knew like it was their way or the highway Mm -hmm. so (laughs) people were scared i mean the people who worked within the empire were scared except for you know the big the big bad dudes you know as far as the 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 real the real leaders within, you know, but, but the regular rank and file, a lot of the time, I mean, you'd see people and they would be nervous even in the midst of all this. So I think that it's that, that you, you just get, this is an oppressing force. This is, um that this is a regime and it was like, Oh yeah, no, this is, these guys are, you know, I think that, that it really was very indicative of, how you can control people and um and I think it was pretty it was uh pretty effective yeah. in showing that
0: yeah like just that simple dialogue to explain getting rid of the senate it it says so much about how the emperor is taking control of the empire and taking away um i guess the citizens rights or whatever and it's also telling that Tarkin goes on to say that... Regional governors now have direct control over their territories. Fear will keep the local systems in line. Fear of this battle station. I think that that says that he has every intent to show what the battle station can do on a planet um, before they even get to Alderaan. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, like, with systems being afraid of the Death Star just blowing the entire planet up, like, that would be a major deterrent. Oh, it's just, it's kind of (laughs) gross. It's so gross. Um, Well,
1: I mean, I think that we see that now, though. There's, the the themes are still there, you know, when you you have, um, there are nations that are currently under um, oppressive regimes. I mean, we see it in the world. So the the idea that it's, there are people who are basically following what their governments are telling them to do. And while, and when you have somebody like Tarkin or like the emperor, who's, you know, you're talking about um, people who are basically going in and colonizing and taking over. And I think that it's, there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of kind of parallels to certain things that happen in the world and how these things come into play. Once you have regional governments in place um, controlling the populace, then people are going to do what people are going to do to survive for the most part. And the fact that this rebellion was going on, this rebellion wasn't something that, you know, it's it was small pockets of people from all over the galaxy. Um, and I think that happens over time. I mean, for the most part... Fear keeps a lot of people in line. So I think that it's it's scary because I think it's very prophetic of and, and very indicative of how people can be. I think it's one of the reasons that the movies really speak to people because we understand that all it takes for bad people to, to get into power is for, you know, basically good people to say nothing or good people to be too afraid to fight back.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's also kind of interesting that George Lucas gave us a clue about the the amounts of power that the rebels had versus the amount of power that the Empire had. And the size of the ships, the uh, Tantive IV is a much smaller ship than the Imperial Star Destroyer. And just getting the scale of the Imperial Star Destroyer just makes you feel like the Empire must have so much power. And p- they're picking on the little guys, you know what I mean? Like they're picking on somebody without mm-hmm. without power when they have all this power.
1: Well, don't people who want to keep power pick on people who aren't in power?
0: Yeah. I mean, they do. (laughs) They they do. It's it's quite gross. But why do you think fear is so effective um, in keeping planets in line with the Empire and oppressing people? Uh,
1: Because people... Bottom line, people want to live people want to feel safe people don't want to have i mean the empire was doing things like throwing people into prison camps and taking Mm -hmm. them away and people were losing their children and their and their families and their homes i mean we you know we don't get a huge kind of insight into that but when you start to see tactics that are used in in say different um different shows. I mean, rebels definitely showed uh, some of the things that was ha- that were happening where people were having their farms taken away from them and then they're homeless and they don't know where to go. And people are afraid. I mean, there are people now, you don't want to have someone come into your home and suddenly take your home. You don't want someone to come and take your children. You don't want someone to come and take you away to prison in the middle of the night. And so one of the ways that, that people deal with that is just is to keep their heads down mm-hmm. and just hope that, that they can just go along to get along until someone comes to save them. And the problem is, is that a lot of the time, it takes a long time for people to come and save people.
0: Yeah. So, it, yeah. It, it also kind of gets into the fight or flight thing. Um, eventually, if you're threatened so much that eventually you're going to fight back. And that kind of is what the rebels represent, is the willingness to fight back for what is right, I think, in in a new hope, do you know what I mean? Like to fight against the oppression, to fight against the tyranny of the empire.
1: It's not about just fighting against oppression. It's about having a belief that something can be better, having a having a hope that things are going that that there are better things to come. The minute you give up and stop hoping for a brighter future, if you just accept what's happening in your life as what's happening in your life it's easier for you to be subdued the ability to hope and the ability to want more for the you know for for the galaxy is something that's it's what gives people the the energy to fight even when they've been just beaten down
0: yeah yeah definitely you mentioned hope why do you think leia kind of embodies hope so well in a new hope
1: I think she's the embodiment of it. I mean, literally, I think that she's, she has that hope and her, in her mind, she truly believes things are going to get better. Yeah. So it's, it's something that she can give that she can inspire others to see the future she sees.
0: Do you think that that comes from being Bail Organa's like adoptive daughter, him being a senator that's worked in the political system her, her entire life, basically, and also Being a leader in the Rebel Alliance.
1: Well, I mean, she was trained early on. I think that, I mean, her father was obviously a senator, so she was raised, I think, in a spirit. She was raised in a a family that was about public service and about Mm -hmm. doing good for others. Um, And I think it's just something she was raised with. She was raised with a a mentality to look out for others.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. She has that. Nurturing spirit that she wants to protect Which is good So she sends R2 Down to Tatooine With the secret message for Obi-Wan Kenobi Which we love so much General Kenobi Years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars Now he begs you to help him In his struggle against the Empire I regret that I am unable to present my father's request To you in person But my ship has fallen under attack And I'm afraid my mission to bring you to Alderaan has failed I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of the R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And that's kind of the, the message of hope that R2's carrying to try to bring... About the end of the Death Star, um, this is what obviously Jen and the Brogue One crew has have fought to get the plans of the Death Star, um, and so now R two and Obi one have the mission to get take that back to Alderaan. We come across to Luke um, on the homestead of Tatooine. We have the epic moment with the binary sunset. Uh, with John Williams' score, what do you think Luke is feeling in that moment?
1: Oh, I think he's looking at where he wants to go. The last thing he wants to be is this little, this farmer kid on Tatooine. I think he wants to go and explore, and see the and see the galaxy. And I think that that he's looking out to the horizon and what's ahead, what what his dreams are out there.
0: Did you ever have moments like that when you were, like? I don't know quarter century, um, like I have. In those, your I have those
1: moments now. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: yeah, <laughs> I have those moments now. I've had those moments my whole life. That that I hope we all have those moments where you you take that time and you and you think about what you want to be when you grow up. You know what adventures do you want to go on. What do you still want to do? What do you still want to see? I I think that the idea that we can that we can see more and experience more than just the world we're in is, is really powerful.
0: Yeah, definitely. So
1: absolutely. I've had those moments.
0: Yeah. It's awesome that that moment is so powerful emotion wise when there's like no dialogue, it's just music and a a visual image. Um, But I think that that moment really resonated with the, with us, when we first saw it, and when we see it every day now, <laughs> it's pretty cool. What other uh, examples of hope do you see in A New Hope?
1: Oh gosh, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's so many of them. I mean, the fact that people even trust in the force at all. I mean, the idea of the idea of people. People getting into X-Wings and deciding to go fly and up against a, a the Death Star, you know, or putting their faith in in these. I mean, everybody has these moments, you know, there's there's Padme hopes that she could do more for Naboo and, you know, Leia hopes she could do more for the whole galaxy and. You know, Anakin, even before things go horribly wrong, hopes that he can be the greatest Jedi ever. You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's just a whole lot of it. And I think that the, you know, as, as we hear throughout the movies and I mean, even, you know, to, to steal the line from Rogue One, but rebellions are built on hope. Yeah. And I think that that it, it's a it, the, to me, it comes down to the balance between resignation and hope. And And who's winning, basically, Mm -hmm. at that point.
0: Do you think resignation is sort of like accepting status quo and just giving up on what could be and accepting life for what it is right now in the moment?
1: I don't know if it's necessarily that because, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I would – There are still things that I want to do in my life that I'm motivated to do, Mm -hmm. and I haven't reached that yet. But, you know, while I haven't reached that, I mean, I look at where I'm at in my life and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm here, I'm good with where I am, um, and (laughs) I want to do more. I think that it's the difference between being okay with where you're at and accepting that where you're at is the best it's ever going to get. And that you can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah, that's defeating.
1: (laughs) I think that's the difference. So, yeah, I think that that's, you know, that to me is the big difference.
0: Yeah. Another big theme that I see in A New Hope is the Force. It's kind of one of my favorite topics in Star Wars. How do you feel about the Force in general?
1: I think the Force is, I mean, it's, They say it, you know, it's, it's surrounds us and penetrates and binds the galaxy together. I mean, the force in the Star Wars movies is, you know, whatever, while we here, you know, in the, in the real world, we have God or we have, you know, we have spiritual beliefs and we have um, philosophical beliefs and those are the things that we look toward um, for guidance um, I think the difference is, is that the force is
0: and the force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us it penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together.
1: Is more in the sense of it's. It can be a religious thing, but it's also something that manifests in people. Mm-hmm. That it's it's a it's an actual energy. Um, I think that what. It, it's the idea that magic in a way really does exist <laughs> so in if you if you looked at the idea of magic i mean when people talk about or describe the concept of magic magic is an energy exchange you know mm-hmm. the, the the you talk about the idea that magic doesn't come from nowhere that there's always a, a there's always a cost and even if that's just you know an energy exchange um the difference is is that the force talks about that energy as being constant and a, and a constant flow mm-hmm. and I think, but that's just something that you know the the force is. But again, you have to believe. I mean, you don't have to believe in the force. I'm sure there are plenty of people in the Star Wars universe who don't give a toss about the force. It doesn't affect them. <laughs> They've never see. I mean, Han Solo was that guy. It had never, you know, as far as he was concerned, as he says.
0: Kid, I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I've never seen anything to make me believe there's one all-powerful force controlling everything. There's no mystical energy field that controls my destiny. It's all a lot of simple tricks and nonsense.
1: Except then, later on, he starts to see things that there's only one explanation for. Yeah. You know, I mean, Luke does things that he's like... Okay, I can't explain that. Yeah, maybe that is the force. Got it. But and so I think it's something like that. I think it's the same it's people all come to different, you know, understandings of it.
0: Yeah, like Han Solo definitely in A New Hope is one of those non-believers of the force. Like he specifically says that there's no one all-powerful force controlling everything. There's no mystical energy field that controls my destiny. Like he wants... He believes that he's in complete control of what happens to him. um, And that the only thing that he has faith in or trust in is a good blaster. Um, And that that is so, like, pivotal to his character, I think, that kind of colors who he is. And it really makes you wonder of, as a viewer looking at this movie, like, is the Force something real or is it just something make-believe that somebody says as a as a kid when i when i saw this movie i think that it really made me question things about religion and god in our world do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i took it very seriously in the real world is god something that i would believe in and how how do we define what is right and wrong and what is good for everyone versus good for me. Um, and I just love how Star Wars invites the audience to ask those questions for themselves in not necessarily giving them all, all the answers, um, but just putting them on that journey of discovery is something that is very worthwhile, in, in my opinion. Would you agree with any of that?
1: I think that it's, I mean... Th- I think that it's about everything's personal in that regard. I mean, there there are plenty of atheists and agnostics in the world. You know, I mean, it's I think it all has to do with how you experience it, but the beauty of science fiction and fantasy is that you don't have to believe in it. You know, mm-hmm. the world sets it up for you. Um and and it in the in the Star Wars universe, the force exists. Yeah. And there are people who believe in it and people who don't and people who can wield it and people who can't. And, I, you know, I'm sure there. I like But there's also people who know about it and people, you know, live in their lives. We have no whatever, you know, don't have any understanding of it. Don't even know what it is. I've heard it, whatever, basically. And they're like, ah, whatever, you know, <laughs> so um, which makes sense to me. I mean, this, you know there's only what is it that they talk about there's only something like you know how many Jedi are there how many Jedi were there at any given time I think there were 10,000 yeah I mean you're talking about a vast galaxy I'm sure there are lots of people who had never even heard of the Jedi or had only tangentially heard of them and they were myths at best
0: yeah exactly
1: and so it's something that's I think it's very nebulous for people and I think it's we, we know more about it because we're smack dab in the world that it's being played out in
0: absolutely yeah, definitely, and I I do appreciate that because it is a fictional universe or a fictional galaxy that you can say for certain that the Force exists in Star Wars, and I think that the mm-hmm. Force exists for those that believe and for those that don't believe in Star Wars. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not they understand it and can see the connections to it. So even though... Han says that he doesn't believe in the Force. I think that the Force is still active in his life, but um, that's just my own interpretation. Obi-Wan eventually says, The Force will be with you always. Do you think that th- that line would provide comfort and empower Luke on his path to become a Jedi? I
1: think it, I think that if you, I think, well, first of all, I think it's just a very nice thing to say to somebody overall. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's just, it's nice, you know, the, that, basically it's like saying, you know, peace be with you or go with God or, you know, whatever. I hope, I hope you have a good life. I mean, yeah. it's all, it all depends on how you, I guess, integrate the force into your life in the first place. Um, what he's basically saying is, you know, that you're not alone in this world, that you've got, you know, the. He's saying to him, you know, you we're look, the the universe is looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if someone says that to me, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: <laughs> so, take all that yeah, I can get.
1: <laughs> I will take. All, it's yeah, it's basically good mojo. You're sending somebody off with, you know, a positive, um, a positive thought, wishing them well. And, and, you know, I mean, when it's kind of like, I mean, if, if, a, if the Dalai Lama tells you to go have a great life, you're like, wow, that's really powerful, the Dalai Lama. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal. um Like, if, you know, even if I'm not, I'm not a Catholic, but if the Pope said bless you to me, I'd be like, thank you. That's great.
0: <laughs> I think it's kind of you a know? good reminder that since the force is a connection between all living things. No matter where you are, uh, no matter what the circumstance, you can always have the reassurance that the Force is there in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so you can still have that connection um, th- throughout any circumstance. And I think that that would be reassuring for Jedi if if they are able to have that point of view. Do, do you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I do.
0: I do think that there's a thing with... The Force, especially recently, that there's a trend that trust is the path to the light side of the force, specifically in Rogue One. I think it's uh, Jin's mother says, trust the force when she hands her the kyber crystal. Um, and during the trench run in A New Hope, Obi-Wan instructs Luke to use the force to let go um, and to trust him. Do you see... The, mm-hmm. That kind of connection of trusting, of what the force can do through him.
1: Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly. I mean, I think that he's saying trust. You know, use the. He, basically, in he's telling him to trust the force if he believes in the force, or trust his gut, or. You know the things that Luke has been able to do, he does like like wan says on instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is the idea that he um, he's looking at sort of he's saying to him, you know, let it just go with it. Yeah. You have you have something bigger to rely on than just yourself, so rely on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. it's kind of miraculous that he's able to get the torpedoes down the shaft or whatever. The final theme that I see a lot of in a new hope is a willingness to sacrifice, um, like to put yourself in harm's way for others. Like Leia does that, especially in the beginning, taking the message to Obi-Wan Han and Luke do that when they try to save the princess from being, executed you know what i mean and mm-hmm. then of course um obi-wan sacrifices himself t- to be a distraction so that han and luke and leia can get away mm-hmm. do you see any more absolutely images of sacrifice i mean
1: i, I think there's all lot you know that that i mean obi-wan giving his life to let let everyone get away is a big one absolutely. um but also i mean look at especially if you get into the later movies um admiral holdo gives her life um there's a number of people that sacrifice i mean at, so many of the pilots that go into the battles that they do i mean you see them just giving their lives to 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 do this and i think that part of the sacrifice and i mean the, the thing is we don't see a lot and which I think is really powerful is how many of what you basically consider to be the grunts yeah. um you know how often they put themselves in those situations and um and how they they're, they're so unsung um in so many ways uh, and I think that it's really that when you have a, a cause that you believe in that you'll fight and that you'll that you'll lay your life on the line I think that one of the things that that it shows us is, you know, that that true freedom for others and, and helping other people is worth sacrificing for. Yeah. You know, it's worth putting yourself on the line to make the world a better place for other people.
0: Definitely. Which I can understand. It's a worthy cause to fight for those that can fight for themselves or that are being oppressed. And, um Yeah not treated well, you know what i mean? Absolutely. I I love that Han has a change of heart uh to come back and take out the tie fighters that are chasing Luke in the death star trench run or whatever. Um mm-hmm. and he puts himself in arms way of by coming back and being part of the battle. And then uh they go back to alderaan after they've defeated the death star and they have the throne room ceremony um do you think that the throne room ceremony is like fulfillment of the significance that Luke wanted in the binary sunset
1: nah i mean personally i don't i think it's really just it's a great way to end the movie here are your heroes they get medals. <laughs> we won. <Yeah>. Yay! <laughs> I think that's really what it is. I mean, Luke is being recognized. Han's being recognized. You know, Chewie's being recognized. It's it's basically uh, uh, it's basically them showing that we have restored the princess to being a princess. Um, she's back in charge of things and the rebellion. And yeah. the heroes are being you know celebrated and everybody's celebrating their win over the empire because of course they don't know this is going to continue to go on um as far as they know they've beaten the bad guys
0: yeah it, it's a very like clean ending in a new hope which is something yeah. we don't typically get there's just the celebration of the victory because of course at the time no, they I didn't know they were making one day-
1: exact I maintain to this day that there was really only one movie planned and <laughs> I think George lucas made this movie and he was just this was the movie he wanted to make and then people lost their minds and he was like okay I can make some more stories here but I, I'm pretty sure that he he envisioned it um with a beginning middle and end
0: yeah yeah you
1: know he had lore behind it. There were other things, but I, you know, to me, I mean, the Star Wars. I still call it Star Wars. I can't even call it a New Hope because I call it Star Wars because it's what it was for me. <laughs> totally
0: and was, yeah.
1: Star Wars, Star Wars is it is a perfect movie. I think the perfect movie. It is absolutely encapsulated within itself. It could stand alone and be perfect. So in a lot of ways, I think that that's how it was laid out. I don't think the, I don't think there was ever a plan to do a sequel. So they didn't, they didn't bookend bookend it in any way to even allow for that.
0: Right. To set up a sequel or whatever. Exactly. Is star Wars your favorite of the original trilogy or do you like either? Okay. Nice.
1: Star Wars is my absolute favorite. Um, and then, uh, and uh, and then I, I I have battles for the next ones. So Empire, um, Empire, of the Last Jedi, and Rogue One tend to shift around for me. Um, but uh, yeah, no Star Wars is is far and away my number one.
0: <laughs> nice. My favorite is Empire, and then. The Last Jedi, and then Rogue One. So, like, we're very common. I
1: I can totally understand. Um, uh, I can totally understand why people love Empire and why it's their favorite. Um, I'm fairly sure that for me, it's because Star Wars was the first movie for me, and it was the movie that took me away. And, and it was, and I had this this two year gap, you know, like I or however long it was, I don't even remember. And, and I lived it, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was, it was my, it was so much of my life that I think it's just, it's perfect in its own way for me. And I, and so it has to be my number one. It's my nostalgic favorite and it's my personal
0: favorite. Were you into the toys at all? I didn't get to play with the toys.
1: I really didn't because honestly, sadly, Back when I was a kid, it was very much a boy's toy sort of thing. Yeah, and, and and I didn't really like I didn't play with kids who had action figures. Okay. So I didn't really know, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I had toys, but I had you know I had dolls and I had Barbie and I had I had plenty of toys. I just didn't have action figures, and that was definitely in the boys section. So it didn't end up in my house.
0: Yeah, I, t- I totally understand my sisters. Believe
1: me, if they had been around, I'd have been all over them.
0: <laughs> the young girls today are very lucky that they have things like Forces of Destiny and things like that. It's pretty cool. I'm excited sure. for my daughter.
1: Just, yeah, the Forces of Destiny stuff are great. And also um, the fact that, you know, figures are much more, that there's a lot more of a lean towards um, letting people, like people not not gendering toys so much, which I think opens up a lot of possibilities for kids.
0: Have you seen Plus any... there's also go ahead
1: oh no go ahead oh i was gonna say i was gonna say that also there's a lot more female action figures now yeah i mean it gets really no offense but yeah, you know when i was a kid it's like if you wanted to play star wars like your option was like i'm gonna play princess leia <laughs> which is cool but you know like after a while you, you know you want to like now there's so many different female characters that you can have action figures for and you know stories about and 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 toys on and so i think it opens things up a lot for that kind of imagination
0: the diversity of female characters has definitely exploded kind of exponentially recently absolutely it's very reassuring and it's it's great for the future i think have you seen any of the new star wars kids like the galactic adventure shorts yet what do you think of yep. those as kind of like a retelling of the old original trilogy so far?
1: I, so far I really like them. One of the things I like, I love the art style, but also one of the things I like is the way it takes the dialogue and then intersperses other parts of that character's story. The Leia one is great because the Leia one shows all kinds of different things Leia does. Yeah. Um, Even within the context of like a, a few bits of dialogue and, um, you know, or the Han and Chewie one, like that shows them doing different things. Like it's not, it's not linear in a storytelling sense. It's in a, it, it's a, a nice like, it's basically a way to experience the characters in a way you're familiar with because of the dialogue, but also in a way that's not, 100% linear to the stories, which I think gives kids more chances to kind of imagine things.
0: Yeah,
1: I think they're a little more rounded out.
0: I think that they they're a little bit more exciting and faster paced specifically like the Luke and the Wampa. Um, it kind of, it makes it more exciting and more like visually dynamic, uh, for a kid. And I love the emperor and the Luke episode where it kind of gives the emperor's context of the prequel trilogy to the whole conversation he has with Luke. Um, about what he's done to get to that point that it really sets it up well to give you context of who the Emperor is. Mm-hmm. So, been watching those with the, the young Padawan. It's That's been fun.
1: cool. That's very cool.
0: She's uh, three, almost four. So, it yeah. is a
1: very exciting time to be a female Star Wars fan, so good on her.
0: Yeah, thanks do you have any other themes in a new hope that you saw that you wanted to talk about tonight?
1: Honestly, no. I mean, I think that we covered a lot for me. I mean, for me, star Wars is all about adventure and, and fun and hope. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's a, the best part about the movie is, is it, it's, it keeps its themes very straightforward. Um, and yet, um, gives you a whole lot to, to kind of enjoy. And, 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 take on a bigger picture. So I think that's all really good. Cool.
0: I did have one final question. It was the poll I put up for this episode. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite theme of Star Wars? Hope. From what we've talked Hope. Hope.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's in the name, you know. And it's just, it's what it, I think it, it taught us about hope and, and about, um, and how that can make such a difference in people's lives.
0: It really can. I mean, it can help you endure so much if you, if you have hope. And if you sacrifice hope, it, it can lead to so much downtroddenness and um, just bad things. Like, you make compromises if you have no hope. Like, there's there's a lot of death. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, the winner of the poll was hope with 56%. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so you've chosen very wisely um and that's, nice that's great shana i want to thank you so much for taking time to talk with me tonight where can people find you online
1: usually the best way to find me is on twitter um at geek girl diva but really if you look for me anywhere as geek girl diva you'll find me um i'm it's it's definitely uh one of those things depending on if you're looking for where i'm writing these days you can probably find me usually on uh on slash film i'm doing stuff on hypeable but like i said twitter is probably my best um my best conduit nice. to everything else.
0: yeah it's a central location you've got the branding on on brand <laughs> like you have it all tagged well
1: <laughs> yeah it kind of happened that way
0: Very nice. Now it's time to hear from you, uh, the audience. You can email us your favorite theme of A New Hope at moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast at moonjockeyspod. Uh, You can always follow me at Balls in Play. Thank you for listening, and until next time, may the Force be with you.
1: Always. Chili